0: You can settle for a less than ordinary life? Or do you feel like you were meant for something better?
1: Something special?
2: You will always be a child of two worlds. The question you face is which path will you choose?
3: Why are you afraid or aren't you? I will not allow you to lecture for me. No
4: more do you stop me.
1: Prepare to fire all weapons. I like this ship. It's exciting. Buckle up.
0: The wait is over.
5: Hello, everyone, and the wait is over for more Treks in Sci-Fi and for more Star Trek. Star Trek out on DVD and Blu-ray this week on Tuesday, November 17th. But today is Sunday, November 15th, and we're doing another Treks in Sci-Fi show with Rico, your host. And this will be show 253 or podcast 253. We're going to be looking at uh, a little bit about the DVD and Blu-ray release uh, of Star Trek, talk a little bit about that. But the main topic will be the Deep Space Nine episode, uh, Dr. Bashir, I presume, which uh, is from the fifth season of Deep Space Nine, and it gives us a lot of insights into our our good doctor on Deep Space Nine, so I've been wanting to look at that episode for uh, some time now. Uh, Might be able to slip in a collectible later on, but I'm not sure about that. Got some listener comments, Uh, catch everyone up to date on my job. And uh, a little bit about the movie uh, 2012, which I saw yesterday in the theater. So sit back, relax, and uh, get ready for more Treks in Sci-Fi. to the podcast everyone new and old listeners and i don't mean age by that which uh <laughs> i just recently celebrated a birthday last weekend myself uh it was my wife's birthday recently also so uh I, I know all about the age factor and uh but uh no i meant uh new and old listeners in terms of You know, maybe you're just listening to this weird Rico guy for the first time and who's going to talk about Star Trek and sci-fi and movies and TV, or maybe you've been listening uh, for the last four years, and if you have, well, I don't even know what to say about that. (laughs) Anyway, I hope everyone's doing well. Uh, I just thought I would chit-chat a little bit about some things for the first couple minutes of the podcast, like I typically try to do. Uh, don't have a lot of time. I am going to be covering that Deep Space Nine episode in its entirety. In other words, I'll be playing the episode while I comment on it. Uh, I'd like to do it that way this week. So uh, I'll be talking for 10 or 15 minutes about some other things, I think, first. Uh, I guess the first thing to mention is my job situation. Most people that have been listening to the podcast... For uh, you know, our regular listeners know that uh, you know, I've been looking for work and the last few weeks I, I am working again. I have a contract job, it's currently just a contract job in a uh, it's a chemical company, small chemical company that isn't especially close to my home. Uh, it's polymers and epoxies and polyesters, and we do. Make up some weird goo each day, basically, and uh, it, it's an interesting place. And uh, I, I think it's going to become a regular, permanent job. I should know. I, I I wish and and had hoped I would know by now because the contract actually ends just before Thanksgiving. But they they've been kind of saying, "Well, we'd like to wait till near the end." Although I think it's all going well. I don't think anything's going to change in in terms of that. I have a feeling. Uh, that uh, it will become a quote-unquote permanent position here shortly. Uh, I would be surprised if it, if something doesn't turn out that way. But who knows? You never know. Uh, it is going okay, and I, I'm pretty much enjoying it. It's a little different, you know. It's 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 always a little tricky to start a new job, new people, new place, and especially this. The last few weeks I've been having to live in a hotel during the week away from all my goodies and wife and, and sit, you know, home. And, and it just, it, it's, you know, you have the situation where I'm starting a new job and also doing it out of a hotel and a suitcase for, uh, you know, I, I go up on Monday mornings and come back on Friday after work. So, you know, eating out every day for lunch and dinner, and that's been kind of an experience. The area that this is in is not uh, got a, a lot around it. It's kind of a little bit out in the sticks it's a little old town, it's a, it's sort of in the middle of Michigan approximately, and uh, suffice it to say, it isn't uh, the most civilized, I, I should maybe not say civilized, but it doesn't have a huge amount around it. Now, now, the capital of Michigan, Lansing, is only about a half hour away, so if I want to shoot over there, there's plenty to see and do, but usually after a day of work, I'm more inclined to just go to some place, grab a little bit of food or or whatever or go back to the hotel relax and then go out and do that. The hotel does have a pool which I've been taking advantage of. That's kind of nice. And, and and I know you're all fascinated by everything about this. So I think I'm going to stop now anyway, but it's uh, it's going okay and uh hopefully by the next podcast and, uh, sometime next week. Actually, I'll mention that right now. Next weekend we're going to be doing a Skype call where we're going to get together over Skype uh which we do every few months or every you know, 2 or 3 months I think it's been now. And talk about uh, sci-fi TV, movies, uh, Trek, and all kinds of things like that. Uh, That call will be taking place over Skype. Uh, I think my handle again for Skype is TrekSF. I can never remember if it's Trek SF or Treks sci 5, but I think it's Trek SF on Skype. But if if you want to join in, uh, I know we usually get mostly forum members that join, but anyone else who is a listener is welcome to join in as well. We're going to be doing this at 2 p.m. next Saturday, recording 2 p.m. Eastern Time. So do the math if you're not in the Eastern Time Zone. Uh, but I usually try to get the call. I usually uh, start it up a little before the, the time so we can get going, usually 5 or 10 minutes maybe. Give or take, uh, I'll add people in. But if you uh, see me online and you'd like to join in, in the call next Saturday, uh, that will be what the podcast will uh, entail for next weekend. We'll be talking about those subjects, you know. And, and if you're not really caught up on the latest of TV and movies, you know, if you want to join us, that's fine too. Uh, probably going to be focusing a lot on some of the, maybe the newer shows, not just new, but I'd like to talk about things like Stargate Universe, Flash Forward. Uh, some current, uh, you know, shows that have been on for a while like Heroes and and things, uh, you know, other things like that. Maybe a little bit about Sanctuary, you know, other sci-fi and TV, uh, Clone Wars, uh, and some recent movies. Although there hasn't really been a lot of sci-fi out. I did see 2012, which brings me to my next topic.
1: The ancient Mayan calendar predicts the end of time to occur on the 21st of December of 2012. 2012.
0: Catastrophe has struck the world. It's the apocalypse judgment day. The Mayans knew about it. The Bible.
3: No matter what happens, we'll all stay together. We have to save
0: what
1: we can, and we have to move now! It's not just California. It's the whole world. Where are we going? The government is building
4: these ships is to assure
0: the continuity of our species. The moment we stop fighting for each other, that's the moment that we lose our humanity.
6: Okay, we have to go! This is my dad! don't no,
5: Yeah, there's a trailer there for uh, the new Roland Emmerich uh, film, uh, another uh, end of the world thing that he likes to seem seems to like to do. He did Day After Tomorrow. Anyway, this is uh, the uh, trailer to 2012, which just was released uh, just Friday uh, on uh, the 13th, Friday the 13th, uh, which is kind of appropriate, maybe I don't know. Anyway, I went to see this at the movies yesterday. Now um, I'm not going to really get into the whole like whether you buy into the whole. 2012 Mayan calendar situation and deal. I don't really feel that that's the point. This movie is just a special effects extravaganza. I enjoyed it. I thought that they actually tried to in- inject, uh, you know, you hear it in the trailer there, a little bit of humanity and, you know, fight uh, to help other people to survive and, and that kind of stuff. But it's a, you know, it's a roller coaster ride kind of a film. A lot of cool effects that uh, are just really amazing to see on a big screen uh it's probably to me at least for me uh worth the admission just to see that stuff john kuzak is the main character or one of the main characters i should say in the film trying to save his family you can kind of see that in the trailers i'm not going to spoil or give anything much away about the film because it is just a couple of days old i i'm just going to say that i enjoyed it. it it delivers what you'd expect i i thought that uh it uh it again it had some human moments that i think made it. Uh, more than just a big spectacle or action effects movie. Uh, What else can I say without giving too much away? I guess that's about it. It really doesn't hold a lot of surprises. Uh, But again, I think that that's the point of of these kinds of movies. I would, uh, again, if this is something that appeals to you, you like this kind of stuff, go see it. It's definitely in the same category as other films that he's done. And I'm sure there's going to be some people that will be picking apart the science which you know, I I know a little bit about that, so you you could certainly do that with this film. There are things that happen in it that uh, eh, you kind of have to just turn your brain off, maybe, I I guess is the easy way to say it. But uh, 2012, it's out now, and uh, I found it uh, definitely worth my $5.
1: Hi, this is Rick Moyer, and I've got a brand-new CD out to watch the stars with. It's called Stargazer. Take a listen to some of the songs.
7: Three, two...
3: One, zero, launch, commit, liftoff, we have liftoff with Apollo 14, three minutes past the hour.
1: Just this 13-track CD or download it at takehimwithyou.com/stargazer. Stargazer, a collection of songs to watch the stars with. Get your copy today.
5: Well, the uh, last thing I want to talk about before we get into uh, the Deep Space Nine episode is a bit about the DVD Blue ray release of Trek, uh, the Star Trek film from May. That will be coming out uh, this week. Actually, it is out in some places in some countries already, I believe, because we've been seeing some videos uh, from the DVD and Blu-ray uh, show up on YouTube in places. We've been seeing some of the deleted scenes and other little uh, bits of the behind-the-scenes stuff that they've done for this. Uh, really looks like a great uh, set of uh, background and documentaries on making of the film. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this. This actually may be my first Blu-ray purchase. I'm really tempted. There's a lot of different versions out uh, for the film and and different little um, things you can get with the movie. Uh, Target has this little uh, model ship uh, where you have the DVD inside of the, the Enterprise. It looks like a little white model of the Enterprise from the film. Uh, Also, uh, Best Buy has uh, a set of four Insignia pins with the, I think it's just the Blu-ray release only. And uh, you can also get a, a, probably the most expensive set that I've seen is from Amazon.com. Their exclusive is a pewter version of the new Enterprise along with the Blu-ray set. So uh, lots of choices, and of course you can get just the basic, real basic, just DVD only release. I, I think there's a... A two DVD set and also obviously the three Blu-ray disc sets, which through th- three <laughs> three Blu-ray discs is a lot of data, and uh, that's a lot of extra stuff and extra content they're they're giving us, which I think that's you know due in part to J.J. Abrams. He likes to do that. I think he films a lot of extra stuff, and there's certainly a lot of uh, content there for your money. You can get just the basic Blu-ray, I think, into the low twenty dollars. So um, with three discs, that's a uh, pretty good uh, value. Anyway, what I wanted to play a little bit for you, though, that I just found actually this morning is a bit of the blooper reel. Now, blooper reels for and Trek have gone together for a long time. Uh, way back in the 60s, of course, they had all, uh, blooper reels, and these were usually outtakes that were then shown at the Christmas parties each year for the cast and crew. There are some pretty cool bloopers. I'm only going to play a little sampling of it. From the uh, 2009 Star Trek film. So anyway, here it is, and uh, a lot of this is well, not I'm not going to play a huge amount, but some of it's visual. You know, there are people bumping into things and stuff like that. But you'll you'll pick up on some of the lines and some of the fun they're having. I I urge everyone to uh, pick up their uh, DVD slash and or Blu-ray set this Tuesday Uh, if you're in an area that it's released uh, Tuesday, November 17th. I will be there picking up mine. A, uh, whichever version I decide on at the time. But anyway, here's some bloopers from Star Trek 2009 version.
8: Spock, I look forward to the destruction of your planet and every
0: planet around it. I've been waiting for this day my whole life. You will
8: die. Your people will die. J.J. Abrams will die.
0: You will all die. How did you manage to beam aboard this ship? You're the genius. You figure it
4: out. Has Atkin can tap? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> are you a member of Starfleet? Yes, can I have a towel? Under. <laughs> <laughs> I order you to answer the question how are you able to board a. I gotcha. I
3: got. I got. I'll cover you. Mother! Oh my god. Kirk, how the hell did you get him?
2: You're coming with us, right? No, Jim. My destiny. Oh, <laughs>
3: Excuse uh, me, Could you uh, say, yes, sorry, Mr. Sir. Chekov, what is it? Based on Zinrada's course from
0: Wilkins. <laughs> Citizen, what is your name?
4: Brian Burke. What's yours? I intended to assist in the reestablishment My God, man. I intended to assist in the re... Oh, my God, okay, seriously, now, I'm sorry. I intended to assist... it's great stuff here. And magic. And magic.
3: As if not real.
4: I intended to assist in the reason oh
0: my god. <laughs> <sharp inhale>
6: oh
0: mister
9: Nero Shrimp so full of rhythm. Okay,
7: here we go. To surveil the Empire. But because the Romulans.
9: Oh, f-
5: anyway, there you go. They give you a little flavor of the bloopers from Star Trek uh, 2009. And uh, again, check it out yourself uh, on home uh, video release of multiple types this Tuesday.
6: Hello there, my name is Meds, And this is David Frost You're not David Frost Alright, I mean, this is Mark And we are the present... Mark Alright, get on with it Okay And we're the presenters of Waffle on Podcast And we like to talk about... Crap TV broadcast between 1960 to 1999 Would you say it's crap? Some of it Really? <laughs> Especially the British stuff But we've already had a podcast about that So let's move up on that Unbelievable You can find us at the HTTP colon forward slash forward slash Waffleon.podbean.com. Do not smile when I say the word colon. Oh, I'm
4: not.
5: Yeah, check out the Waffleon podcast, and I uh, especially uh, I didn't say yet, but I want to really thank uh, Meds and his uh, mate Peter for doing that excellent uh, guest shot on on James Bond last week for Treks and Sci-Fi. Excellent job, guys. I, I really enjoyed listening to it and all the, the little details that you guys slipped in about the different movies. And uh, it was just great, uh, excellent work, and uh, love to have you do another show sometime. And it, was, it just seemed really perfect for having you guys, uh, you know, a couple of Brits talking about Bond, James Bond. So thanks again, uh, both of you. I really appreciate it. And yeah, just a brief moment to talk about uh, a couple of sponsors to in Sci-Fi. Uh, we have both uh, GoDaddy.com and Zazzle.com. There are codes you can find on the main in Sci-Fi.com website uh, to save you money on uh, domain hosting and websites uh, and buying your own little piece of the Internet through GoDaddy. And also Zazzle.com has all kinds of ways to... And print uh, t-shirts and mugs and mouse pads and all kinds of neat things and very customized items that you can get through their site. So check it out over at TrexandSciFi.com for your, your uh, savings codes for both GoDaddy and Zazzle. Okay, here we go with Dr. Bashir, I presume, from Deep Space Nine's fifth season. We're in uh, Quark's bar at the beginning today, of the today, episode.
2: brother, I'm really going to do it this time. You've been saying that for weeks. I've been waiting for the right moment, and this is it. Now, it's perfect. She's about to go on a break. And when she does, she'll come over here and say hi to me. Like she always does. And that's when I'll do it. Okay, let's share it. I... Lita, would you like... Maybe to... One night. Soon to... Maybe... Ron, you're a regular poet. I could do better. Prove it.
10: Hi, Ron.
2: Hello, Lita.
5: (laughs) They both. uh, It's just so funny. They both are interested in each other, Rom and Lita, but uh, Rom's just a little shy.
10: I must be doing something wrong.
2: I don't know, Lita. Maybe he's just not interested in you.
10: I know he likes me.
2: Likes you, yes But he's an engineer, a problem solver He needs a woman with a body and brains
10: I have brains
2: Sure you do, honey That's why I hired you Now, heat up And then take those brains back to the dabble wheel Where the customers can get a good long look at them
5: Oh <laughs> uh. Triple 20. He's back in the zone
4: today.
3: I never really left it. Just been giving you a chance to get even. Thank you, but I don't need your charity. Another game? Maybe one. I promised Molly I'd do some colouring with her this afternoon. With all this attention focused on the baby, I... Don't want her to start feeling that we've forgotten about like the, uh, you know, done, you
5: Julian's uh, relationship still, with the, the chief, uh, O'Brien. You you know, they, they just uh, make a good combination, a good pair. Why
8: not? I think you'd make a great father. Not exactly a family type. Dr. Bashir, I presume? That's me. I'm Lewis Zimmerman, director of holographic imaging and programming at the Jupiter Research Station. And I'm here to make you immortal.
5: All right, we'll dial down the uh, opening credit themes uh, music here. This is, uh, like I said, from season five, Doctor Bashir. (laughs) Ah, slurring my words already, Doctor Bashir, I presume. Tell played by Ronald D. Moore, story by Jimmy Diggs. Jimmy Diggs. was somebody who uh, submitted lots of story ideas to Trek over the years. He, uh, see, I've got a list of uh, some of the stuff. Uh, Elogium, Rise, Concerning Flight, the Omega Directive, Infinite Regress, and Gravity. He's a Vietnam vet. He's uh, done a lot of different odd jobs over the years. This uh, The guy that submitted the idea for this story. And the interesting thing about this is that, uh, about a year, it says here, about a year and a half or so went by before, uh, they actually called him up. Ron Moore called, called Jimmy up and said, Hey, we want to buy your story. And, uh, he actually at first didn't believe it was Ron Moore calling him up and wanting to, you know, he'd kind of written it off, written off this story pitch idea that he had. And, uh. The, the funny thing about it, though, the original story really wasn't as much about Bashir as this turns out to be. Uh, in Jimmy's original story, the, the Bashir storyline was kind of a, the, the B story or the secondary part of this, the script. And, uh, but they wanted it to turn into a full episode because they always had felt on Deep Space Nine, here they were in the fifth season, but Bashir's character was always kind of a mystery. They had gone into the past of most of the other characters pretty, pretty deeply and pretty well. But Bashir, not so much. So uh, this is where we get to learn a lot about uh, Dr. Bashir and where he comes from and his family and a lot of secrets that he's been hiding. And we also get Robert Picardo as Dr. Zimmerman, the creator of the EMH on Voyager in this You're episode. You're
8: familiar, of course,
5: with
0: the Emergency Medical
8: Holographic Program.
0: I've heard of it. It's a hologram designed to provide assistance during emergencies and sickbay. It does much more than provide assistance.
4: A holographic doctor can literally replace a Starship's medical officer during an emergency. I'm
0: surprised you don't have one on the station. The station facilities are Cardassian in origin. Most of our
8: equipment is incompatible with Federation technology. How unfortunate for you. In any case, the original EMH program was designed for short-term use only. But now Starfleet has requested a program designed to operate as a full-time doctor. Full-time? You're not talking about replacing real doctors. No, no, of course not. Why is everyone so worried about holograms taking over the universe?
4: There are many situations where a holodoctor could be more beneficial than a humanoid. Research outposts, subspace communication stations, long-range exploratory vessels.
8: In short, anywhere that life support or living space is at a premium and where the primary mission does not require the doctor to leave sickbay. I see. And they want to model this
0: new EMH program after Dr. Bashir.
8: Technically, it is an LMH, Long-Term Medical Holographic Program. And yes, Starfleet Medical has selected Dr. Bashir to provide the template. Who was the template for the EMH? Me. It was my program, after
4: all. It only seemed logical to use myself as a model. Of course. <laughs> now, this must be quite an honor. Yes, it is quite a feather in my cap, sir.
8: It is nothing less than a shot at immortality. The original EMH program will probably still be in use for decades to come. The LMH will undoubtedly last far longer than that. That is if I can work out certain technical problems. Now, I'll need to remain here for at least three weeks. I'll need quarters, access to your main computer, a technician to install my equipment, a high-speed data link with my lab.
0: Doctor, my first officer, Major Kira, will see to all your needs. Congratulations, Doctor. I know I speak for everyone on the station when I say we're really very proud of you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Let's
5: go. They have uh, Picardo in this I episode, if you notice, it, he, he looks, looks a little different. His hair is Compared kind of messed up, he kind of moves a little differently 10, than, 15, 15, you know, the EMH 20, on Voyager. 20, 20, so keep an eye on that when you watch this episode again sometime. will be necessary for the Doctor sometime. to
8: interact naturally with patients for weeks, possibly even months. The Doctor will be expected to share amusing anecdotes, extend sympathy, swap dirty jokes, and even have culinary opinions formed by experience.
3: You mean this program is going to include all his personal likes and dislikes? That is why we bothered to choose a human
8: template in the first place.
3: Wow, thank you it, Julian. If this thing works, you'll be able to irritate hundreds of people you've never even met.
8: <laughs> if you two could suspend your oh-so-amusing banter for the moment, I'd like to begin the optical parameter scans. What do you want me to do? Just stand there and look like a doctor. If you can. <laughs>
4: We don't have anything like this on Jupiter Station, or like her. She's beautiful, isn't she? Who is she? Her name's Lita, my ex-girlfriend.
8: Who broke it off? She did. Oh,
5: I like her already. So this uh, also brings the uh, little triangle thing in to this episode to between of the Lita and Dr. Zimmerman and I'll be and conducting
8: Rom. in-depth interviews with your friends, colleagues, family members in order to build a more rounded psychological profile for the LMH. I see.
4: Well, regarding my family members, um, would you refrain Excuse from... Excuse
3: for interrupting, Doctor? Doctor? The Antidian transport wishes to leave the station a day early. Their cargo is still under quarantine. If you could issue a health certificate, now, it would expedite matters.
4: All right. Um, I'll meet you in Cargo Bay Three in ten minutes. Thank you, Doctor. Doctor. Well, duty calls. I wonder if you could do me a favor and consider not interviewing my parents. Why? Well, to be blunt, um. We're not close. Uh, we haven't been for many years. And uh, I would consider it a personal favor if you would uh, sort of leave my parents out of it. I see. Well, I certainly understand. Well, thank you. Um, I'll, I'll see you tomorrow. Note. Hmm.
8: Note. Contact subject's parents
5: immediately. So, of course, he'll ignore everything Julian just asked and uh, Computer, talk to activate the parents anyway. LMH test program one. They do some cool effects in this episode. You get to see two approval. Dr. Bashirs.
4: Yeah, it looks all right. Except for the eyes, they seem a little dead. They don't have that certain sparkle, zest for life, that greets me in the mirror every morning.
8: This is a test run. I can assure you that the final product will be zesty. Does it talk? Not yet. First, I have to load the LMH with the basic database and software configurations of the original program. Computer, activate the EMH. Please state the nature of the medical emergency. This is a level three diagnostic. I understand. Diagnostics look good. Beginning data transferal. Data transferal? Am I being replaced? You're being supplemented by a new long-term program. By him? There, transfer is complete
4: Please state the nature of the medical emergency Oh, that's original (laughs) He doesn't even look old enough to be a doctor If you'd like my advice, you should delete this program Now that I'm here, why would you need an archaic piece of software like him? Archaic? We can discuss
8: this at another time (laughs)
4: Listen He doesn't sound much
8: like me I'm sorry, too zesty for you? Actually, he sounds more like you As I said, I've loaded the LMH with the basic EMH software package. We'll have to build a new set of algorithms based on your scintillating
4: personality. I hope you're more interesting than you seem. I'd hate to be boring. There may be no preventing that. But we'll see what his friends have to
8: say. What were your initial impressions of Dr. Bashir,
0: good and bad? Young, eager, ambitious. He was fresh out of medical school. Looking forward to his first taste of frontier medicine. Sometimes he let that natural impulse override his sense of decorum. You mean he was difficult?
3: No, but sometimes he could uh, give you
8: way too much information. Could you elaborate on that?
11: Sometimes he just didn't know when to shut up.
8: Are you implying he (laughs) harassed you with unwanted advances?
11: No, but he was very persistent. I see.
8: Could you be more specific? You're not being very helpful. No, he's talking to Warren. I do not like Warren. doctors. Any doctors. You can rest assured that I will keep anything you say in the strictest confidence. You're sure about that? I wouldn't want this to get back to Julian. You have my word.
3: Well, the truth is, he's an extraordinary person. A real sense of honor and integrity. great sense of humor. Warm, caring you sure he's not gonna read this. Positive.
10: So is that all?
5: So now he gets to the point where he's there is interviewing one Lita other thing.
8: Would you have dinner with me this evening?
5: Now we're back at Quarks and poor Rom is just sitting alone in the corner. He looks up and he sees uh, Dr. Zimmerman and Lita having dinner together. And, of course, that's not uh, making him real happy. Oh,
1: well, not the, of the, well, I think I should the, the like
5: he's
1: the happiest person.
5: And here we get a little taste of Frankie He's kind of manipulating his ear to kind of listen in on them.
10: So something Frankie's
5: haven't really shown us. Some They've got some pretty huge ears.
10: Quark has a lot of things, but he's not fun.
5: I'm fine. I bet you are.
2: You're a fascinating woman, Lita.
10: (laughs) For a Davo girl.
8: Not at all. You're charming, intelligent, witty, and extraordinarily beautiful.
10: Thank you.
0: Excuse me. I need to talk to you.
2: It's very important.
5: All right. So now this kind of also pushes Rom in the direction uh, he,
10: excuse me? that
5: uh, he's been wanting to go. They've kind of put them together a little bit in episodes up until this point to kind of give us this idea.
10: What is it, Rom?
5: I want to ask him if
0: she I want to... I... Oh. I wanted to ask him... Tomorrow morning would be a good time for me to fix your replicator.
10: Oh. Sure. That would be fine. Okay.
2: Tomorrow morning, then. Enjoy the rest of your evening.
5: He blows I'm it a little anyway. Concerned
4: about the amount of argonite that's seeping into the station's air supply.
0: Seventeen parts per million. That's well within safety margins. Yes,
4: but it's on the rise, and I'd like to.
11: I'm sorry to interrupt, sir, but there are a couple of visitors here looking for Julian, and I thought he might want to see them right away.
0: Well, send him in. Oh.
11: Hello,
4: Jules. Um, Captain, allow me to introduce Amsha and Richard Bashir, my parents.
5: Yeah, he doesn't look especially pleased to see his parents on Deep Space Nine they They're right? Uh, so we get to uh, meet Captain the, Benjamin his parents now for the first Welcome time. Welcome to
0: Deep Space Nine.
11: Thank you, Captain. It's a pleasure to finally see where Jules works. We wanted to come before,
7: but my schedule's been so busy up until now. I'm sure you know what it's like. All too well, I'm afraid.
11: What is it you do, Mr. Bashir? Oh,
7: I've done many things at the moment i'm involved in landscape architecture you know, designing public spaces parks mostly i love the idea of working on projects that thousands of people will enjoy long after i'm gone they're my my legacy my gift to succeeding generations aside from jules here of course you must be very proud of your son
11: oh yes
7: he's a very uh, gifted young man
5: It's interesting about the actress here playing uh, Julian's mother. She was actually a college professor. They were having trouble finding an Arab-American type of um, actress to play uh, his mother and found her on a college campus uh, uh, doing some theater work and stuff.
11: I'm sure the captain is a very busy man.
7: of course. Maybe after our interviews are over. Interviews? Yes, with the Dr.
11: Zimmerman. Didn't he tell you?
4: No. He didn't.
11: He said it was urgent that the two of you were working together on a very important project and that we had to come here right away.
4: Yes, sir. Uh, well, why don't I see if I can find you some accommodations for this evening?
11: Yeah.
4: It was a pleasure to meet you, both.
11: I hope we get a chance to see you again. I can't wait to hear some stories about Julian as a little boy.
7: Oh, Lord, there are so many. You know, from the time he was this high, we knew he was destined for greatness. The captain, father,
4: is a very busy man.
5: Yeah, playing uh, Richard Bashir there is actor Brian George. His, uh, his mother, Julian's mother, is Amsha. Amsha and played by Fadwa el I think is how, how you say it.
4: Oh, we're just working out a few bugs. Chief, if you'll excuse us, I'd like a moment or two alone with Dr. Zimmerman. Of course. You brought my parents to this station against my explicit wishes that you keep them out of this project. I'm sorry it upsets you.
8: But their input is... You had
4: no right to bring them here.
8: I did not bring them here. I simply issued an invitation. You said it was urgent. It is urgent, to me. Like it or not, they're an important part of your background, and I need to interview them. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have a delivery to make.
5: So we're starting to see, like, you know what, why is Julian so, you know bent on not letting this guy talk to his parents, so uh, we'll find out here in a bit. How and now I'm the Dr. The Zimmerman's time. at Lita's quarters.
10: It's never a bad time for flowers. Come on in. Could you find a place for those while I change? Of course. <clears throat> By the way, if you're trying to impress me, you've succeeded. I spoke to
8: some of my colleagues at the Jupiter station this morning. It seems that the manager of our station cafe has decided to quit. Really? Uh, They're still looking for a new manager. Someone with experience in both food service and entertainment. Someone like you. Me? Yes, I've already taken the liberty of i speaking to our station's commanding officer about you and she's amenable to the idea. The cafe
5: is yours if you want it.
10: My own cafe? <laughs>
5: <sighs> oh. she just walked out with uh, no Sorry. clothes on.
8: Not at all. It's not very big. Less than half the size of Quarks. Really? But there's room enough for a couple of Domjot tables.
10: But I've never run a restaurant or any kind of business i barely even know how to tend bar
8: that puts you one step ahead of our last bartender
10: <laughs> but where would i stay i don't even know anybody there
8: you know me and i was hoping you would consider staying with me
10: but Louis, i just met you I-, I mean i like you
8: you see you're warming up to me already given time you might begin to feel more
5: Dr. Zimmerman moves pretty fast, you'd say. Besides, uh,
8: you said you you like cerebral men, and at the risk of sounding immodest, I have a towering intellect. (laughs) Come with me Lita. Please. I promise you won't regret it. I know I won't.
10: I need to think about that. Take all the time you need.
5: It's kind of nice seeing uh, Lita here getting a little bit of uh, screen time more than just the usual. And now we're into, uh, let's see, this is Bashir's quarters. He's having a, looks like a fairly uncomfortable, unpleasant meal with his parents.
11: Captain Sisko seems like a very nice man, Jules.
7: Not like the captain of the transport that brought us here. I've never met a ruder more abrasive man in my life. I tell you, when I used to run shuttles, I never would have tolerated that kind of behavior towards my passengers. Dad... You're talking to me now. You were a third-class steward for all of six months. That's right. And I was required to have daily contact with the passengers. And you can bet that
5: if I even looked at them the wrong way,
7: I would have been discharged on the spot.
5: I thought you were.
7: Now, I resigned.
5: Here we get to learn a little bit that uh, Julian's parents, his father especially, was not especially successful, which is you know kind of a new thing for uh, you know people in the Federation. They're all all supposed to be so heroic and so successful, and here we have a guy that's just
1: kind of fairly average.
4: um, Frontier medicine on DS Nine. I can do both. So you're doing landscape architecture now.
11: It's all he can talk about. You should see the stacks of drawings in our house. It's like living in a drafting studio.
7: Some uh, very important people have expressed interest in my park designs. Have some very good prospects on the horizon. Oh, you always
4: had very good prospects. And they were always just over that horizon.
11: Um, maybe you should tell us about the interviews we're doing tomorrow, Jules. What kind of questions will they ask?
4: Well, Dr. Zimmerman, as I understand it, is trying to compile a complete psychological profile of me. He's going to be asking you all sorts of questions. Try to keep your answers as brief and to the point as you can. You don't want to give him any openings to probe into any awkward areas. I'm sure we can handle it. Try not to take this too lightly. He's going to be asking detailed questions about my childhood, and if you're not careful... You don't trust us? He didn't say that, Richard. No,
7: but that's what he meant, isn't it? You think we're going to slip up, say the wrong thing, get us all in trouble?
4: Look, I've got a lot at stake here. My whole career could be destroyed if Dr Zimmerman gets wind of our little secret. You've got a lot at stake.
7: But what about us? We could go to prison, Jules. Have you ever thought about that? Of course I've thought about that. That's why I want you to take this
4: seriously.
7: Ah, oh, so now we're not taking it seriously. We're not as bright as is. We don't have your gifted intellect, so we can't see the perfectly obvious. This is
4: exactly why I haven't been home in three years. Jules, no, let please. let go. You can barely stand to be in the same room with
7: us.
5: So, you know, we're basically all in the audience now trying to figure out what's going on here. Why is, uh, what's the secret here? I
10: mean, this could be a big opportunity, but that's no reason to rush into anything. What do you think I should do? I, I...
5: Now lead is, of course, talking about Zimmerman's uh, idea and, uh, to rob. If I
10: had a reason to stay, I'd stay. I have a reason to stay.
2: I. I don't know.
10: Well, I guess I better take the job. Great. Is that all you can say? I. I. I... You don't know. Thanks, Rom. You've been a big help.
5: Well, oh, Rom. You're welcome. You gotta really step up here. Come on.
4: Is there something I can do for you?
11: Your father has something he wants to say. Richard.
7: <clears throat> it's a stressful time for all of us, and maybe I said some things I shouldn't have.
11: What he's trying to say is, we would never do anything to jeopardize your career.
7: And just so there's no misunderstanding, I give you my word that at no time in our interview with Dr Zimmerman will we ever mention, or even hint at the fact that you were genetically enhanced as a
11: child. Jules, you can trust us. Your father and I have kept the secret of your DNA resequencing for almost 25 years, and we're not going to let it out now.
7: But I would just add that despite what the authorities would like us to believe, Genetic engineering is
11: nothing to be ashamed of. You're not any less human than anyone else. In fact, you're a little more. We didn't come here to start another fight. Let's just try to get through
5: this. So now we learn he was genetically engineered, Julian, which explains some of uh, his history and past. (laughs) That's a good scene, though, between his parents and their you know, a difficult thing, but uh, trying to make amends and and trying to to tell Julian that his secret is safe. Except they were talking to the hologram, and here Zimmerman and uh, Chief O'Brien were in the background. So the I can't jig believe is up. You set
3: them up like that. We didn't set them up. They just happened to walk in while the program was running. Zimmerman thought it would be a good idea to test the program's ability to cope with an unexpected situation. And you let them go on? You let them stand there and make fools of themselves while the two of you sat in the back room and laughed? Look, I'm sorry about this. I wish it had never happened. But it has, and now we've got a problem. I don't want to talk about it. Julian, Zimmerman is going to file a report saying that Dr. Bashir is unsuitable for computer modelling because of his suspected genetically enhanced background. You know what's going to happen when that report gets back to Starfleet
4: Medical? It's going to be a formal investigation. Which will lead to my eventual dismissal from the service.
3: Then it's true?
4: You're the word you're looking for is unnatural, meaning not from nature. Freak or monster would also be acceptable. I was six. Small for my age, a bit awkward physically, not very bright. first grade when the other children were learning how to read and write and use the computer I was still trying to tell a dog from a cat and a tree from a house. I didn't really understand what was happening. I knew that I wasn't doing as well as my classmates. There were so many concepts that they took for granted that I couldn't begin to master and I didn't know why all I knew was that I was a great disappointment to my parents. I don't remember when they made the decision. But just before my seventh birthday, we left Earth for a Digian Prime. First, I remember being really excited at seeing all the aliens in the hospital. Then they gave me a room and began the treatments and my entire world began to change.
3: What were the treatments? Some kind of DNA
4: recoding. The technical term is accelerated critical neural pathway formation. Over the course of the next two months, my genetic structure was manipulated to accelerate the growth of neuronal networks in my cerebral cortex And a whole new Julian Bashir was born.
3: In what way did they change you?
4: Well, my mental abilities were top priority, of course. My IQ jumped five points a day for over two weeks. Followed by improvements in my hand-eye coordination. Stamina, vision, reflexes, weight height. In the end, everything but my name was altered in some way. When we returned to Earth, we even moved to a different city. I was enrolled in a new school, using falsified records my parents obtained somewhere. Instead of being the slowest learner, I was the star pupil. And no one ever suspected? No, there's no stigma attached to success, Chief. After the treatments, I never look back. But the truth is, I'm a fraud. You're
3: not a fraud, I don't care how many enhancements your parents had done. Genetic recoding can't give you ambition or a personality or compassion or any of the things that make a person truly human. Well, Starfleet Medical won't say it that way.
4: It's DNA research there, that discussion for reason, I'll talk about that: in a Serious birth defects is illegal. Any genetically enhanced human being is barred from serving in Starfleet or practicing medicine. I don't think there's been a case dealing with any of this in a hundred years. You can't be sure how they'll react. Oh, I am sure. Once the truth comes out, I'll be cashiered from the service. It's that simple. There must be something we can do. We can't just give up. There is something I can do. Resign before Dr. Zimmerman files his report. Look, Julian. It's over, Miles. I always knew this could happen. Now it has. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'd like to be alone.
5: It's kind of one of these, you know, Trek episodes hitting on things that are sort of current in a way. You know, the idea of you have a child that has some problem mentally or physically and and if you had the ability to adjust or make them better, would you do that? I mean, I I don't even know if I could answer that question, I, I suppose. I suppose if the... Don't want to think Their about disability her, was so you. severe, I, I certainly would consider Can it. But, uh, you know, there's always the gray you area there. a standard five year marriage
2: contract. You know, he's not a
5: complete genetically engineered individual like Khan was, but, uh, but, you know, enhanced is, as a child to do better mentally, physically, and, and so on. wife and wanted to
2: extend the contract, and you were so in love that you never bothered to read the extension before signing it. So, in the end, her father swindled you out of all of your money. Trinidora left you for a richer man. And you got stuck with Nog. Hooray for romance. Lita is not Trinidora. She's a female, Rom. And the one constant in the universe is females are trouble.
5: (laughs) Yeah, Ferengi don't think much of uh, females as we've seen in in several episodes. Especially human females or even uh, Bajoran females. The
2: revenge. Give it a try. After a couple hours, you'll forget all about Lita.
7: We're not gonna just take this line down, that's for sure. I'll arrange for legal counsel. We're going to fight this all the way to the Federation Supreme Court. We can't fight this. You better change that attitude right now if you want to hang on to your career.
11: Jules, listen to your father.
7: He's trying to help you. Neither of you is listening to me. I don't want to drag this through the courts. We're a little beyond worrying about your wants, Jules. We have a serious problem here. We have to stop the whining and concentrate on coming up with a new plan. A new plan?
4: Yes. Let's come up with a new plan. That's the way we do things in this family, isn't it? We don't face our problems, we come up with new plans. Don't like your job, well, move along to the next one. Don't like the law, we'll find a way to get around it. But whatever you do, do not accept responsibility. All those gifts,
7: all those accomplishments, and you still want to behave like a spoiled child.
4: Well, you better grow up right now or you're going to lose everything. You mean you're going to lose everything. You're going to lose your only real accomplishment in this life. Me. You said before. I'm your legacy, your proud gift to the world. Well, Father, your gift is about to be revealed as a fraud. Just like you.
7: Oh, that's you tough. Your father, Jules. And I will not have you talk to me like that. No.
4: You used to be my father. Now... You're my architect, the man who designed a better son to replace the defective one he was given. Well, your design has a built-in flaw. It's
7: illegal. You're so smart. You know so much, you can sit there and judge us, but you're still not smart enough to see that we saved you from a life of remedial education and underachievement.
4: You don't know that.
7: You didn't give me a chance. You were falling behind.
4: I was six years old. You decided I was a failure in the first grade. You don't understand, Jules. You never did. No, you don't understand. I stopped calling myself Jules when I was 15 and I'd found out what you'd done to me. I'm Julian. What difference does that make? It makes every difference. Because I'm different. Can't you see? Jules Bashir died in that hospital because you couldn't live with the shame of having a son who didn't measure up
11: That's not true We were never ashamed of you, never
4: I'm sorry mother but the truth is
11: You don't know You've never had a child You don't know what it's like to watch your son To watch him fall a little further behind every day You know he's trying but something's holding him back You don't know what it's like To stay up every night worrying that maybe it's your fault Maybe you did something wrong during the pregnancy and maybe you weren't careful enough. Or maybe there's something wrong with you. Maybe you passed on a genetic defect without even knowing it. I'm sure. No, this is important. You can condemn us for what we did. You can say it's illegal or immoral, whatever you want to say. But you have to understand that we didn't do it because we were ashamed. But because you were our son. And we loved you.
5: Yeah, that's a good, uh, good point and a good scene. You would, uh, you know, any parent would probably do anything they could to help their what child.
11: What do you want this
4: to do? Nothing. I'm going to visit Captain Sisko in the morning and explain the situation to him and tender my staff lead resignation.
11: Are you certain this is what you want?
4: Yes. I just want to leave this station quietly.
5: And you could understand Julian just wanting to just not become this public figure and fight the situation and do whatever. He just wants to leave. He's had to live with this for a long time. And keep it a secret
0: come in doctor we were just talking about you
5: admiral allow me to introduce dr julian
0: Bashir. doctor this is rear admiral bennett judge advocate general admiral doctor may i ask what's going on your parents came to see me this morning they explained the situation about your genetic background i contacted admiral bennett a short time ago we've just reached an agreement which will allow you to retain both your commission and your medical practice
7: I'm going to prison. What? Two years. It's a minimum security penal colony in New Zealand.
4: You can't do this. It was your father's suggestion, doctor. He pleads guilty to illegal genetic engineering, and in exchange, you stay in the service. Well, I want no part of it. I'm not going to just stand here while my father... Julian. Julian.
7: Listen to me. This is my decision. I'm the one who took you to a Digen prime. I'm the one who should... Uh, Take responsibility for it.
11: Let him do this, Julian.
4: Two years. Isn't that a bit harsh? I don't think so. Two hundred years ago, we tried to improve the species through DNA resequencing. And what did we get for our trouble? The eugenics wars.
5: For every uh, Julian years, that years ago created, so, there's a Cotton scene you know, waiting in
0: the wings.
4: A little
5: error there in a time
4: whose ambition and thirst for power have been enhanced along with his intellect. The law against genetic engineering provides a firewall against such men. And it's my job to keep that firewall intact.
0: I've made my offer. Do you accept? Yes. Then report to my office at Starfleet headquarters once you arrive on Earth.
5: Take your time i thought this was a way uh, a good way to resolve it you know his father takes responsibility which julian was saying that he never does and uh, you know he's able to stay which you know it's not his fault the way he turned out his parents were the one that made the decision he didn't ask for it or do it so it, it's a good way to resolve it i like Bye that mother. uh part of this episode quite a bit
4: oh guess <clears throat> i'll see you in a couple of years uh, i'm sure they have uh visiting hours at your facility maybe i could that would be most welcome
7: Think. I may usher in a new renaissance in landscape architecture. I'll certainly have time to work on my designs.
5: You you now it looks something? like Zimmerman and Lita what are leaving that? together. It's
0: getting closer. Wait!
2: Wait! Wait. <laughs> we did it the first time. Lita, don't go.
10: Why not? Because I love you, and
2: I want you to stay.
10: I love you too, Rom. Sorry?
8: No, don't be. True love should always win. I'm happy for you. Really?
10: You're a sweet, wonderful, and brilliant man. There's someone out there for you, Doctor. I know it.
8: I don't think so. Perhaps I'm better suited to a life of solitary research. And dedication to my chosen field of study. Don't worry about me, I'll be fine. Goodbye.
10: Bye.
8: Excuse me, are you familiar with the ancient text known as the Kama Sutra? Are you me of the ancient oh! oh oh oh
5: So now we're back at Quark's and all is well. Roms with Lita. Oh, not my day. Julian and not Chief O'Brien are playing darts. You know what, Chief?
4: I never got a chance to thank you for what you said. Uh, none of that.
3: Especially not in the middle of a game. Yes. like it's your game again. What's that? Five in a row? At least. Wait a minute. You haven't been letting me win, have you?
4: What makes you think that?
3: You said your hand-eye coordination had
4: been genetically enhanced. Well, maybe I have been letting you win a little bit. I don't believe it (laughs) I don't need you to patronize
3: me I I can play at your level I never said you couldn't Well play then Really play
5: he bullseyes Julian did
3: alright from now on you play from over here I play from up here (laughs) if that doesn't work we'll try a blindfold
5: and there we go with uh, a good episode good background on Bashir from season five season five of Deep Space Nine you know the characters on this show, I think, are some of the richest uh, in all the Star Trek series. I, I, I've always enjoyed Deep Space Nine. I think uh, it's an excellent series, and something that really all through the course of the whole series was very strong. I think the characters, the writing, and everything Maybe the strongest overall of, of maybe of all the Trek series. I think just uh, they really hit the ground running, and a lot of just a lot of great arcs and episodes. Uh, deep space nine you know a show that uh, i think is just really fun to watch again and again just because it is like that it's so rich and and detailed and involved and uh, it was fun to learn about julian and dr Bashir's background and it kind of explains quite a bit about his character really and when you think about it and look back on things they really pulled it together real well so i'm gonna take a brief break and i will be right back
9: here okay mike from a, a rather wet and very windy london if you're getting background noise running through this, it's because I'm sitting in the car waiting for my son in a car park. Um, his coach hasn't come back yet, so I thought I'd have another go at recording something for you while I was sitting here. should say, I think I've had about 97 goes so far, and I really haven't got down what I wanted to say in any sensible form. So this, if you like, is the abridged version, and I'm going to drop a few points and concentrate on the main one I wanted to make. Uh, in passing, I'll say one of the, the, the key things about this episode is getting Robert Picardo into Deep Space Nine... Certainly as, as somebody who likes the Doctor character, I appreciate that. And it was it was fun to see, and in, indeed fun to see a bit more of, of the Zimmerman character as, as the Doctor's creator. You certainly see where the Doctor gets his bedside manner from. But the main point I wanted to look at on this one is the impact that this story had on the, the character of Julian Bashir. Uh, we've always had, uh, let's say, a character who's slightly unique in, in most of the versions of Trek. It was obviously Spock in the original series, It's the only Vulcan on the ship. Data took on that mantle on TNG as the android and shared many of the same logical and, and mathematical skills. DS9 took a little bit of a turn in that originally it was Odo who had that as, as the mysterious changeling that, that nobody could explain, nobody had seen the like of before. But by this point in the run, some of that mystery had been weakened, if you like, with the discovery of the Dominion and the Founders and you, you obviously knowing a lot more about him, who he was, where he came from, took away some of the uniqueness of his character. And what I found with this is is the revelation of Bashir's genetic enhancements, in one sense picked up some of them until the mantle that Odo had dropped and, and allowed Bashir to carry that forward. And certainly in, in later episodes where he was using these skills in in various ways, either overtly or or just by being himself as the character had developed. It was nice to see that sort of unique element taken forward. Uh, it was also nice that it was that character, because certainly in my mind he'd started off at the beginning of season one really as a male version of Christine Chapel, i.e. A, a member of the medical staff who was, um, let's say, interested in the science officer. Nurse Chapel had the interest in Spock, Bashir had the interest in Dax, and it was it was different but it was really sort of very much similarity and that was really a lot of what there was to his character there wasn't a lot else around that that certainly got fleshed out over the next two or three years but as I say it was nice that this point really took him a a big leap forward and revealed something completely different that they could play on in later episodes and later seasons and that really I think I'll leave it there as I say I'd had goes before to record a whole lot more than this and really didn't get very far I just want to take a quick opportunity to say happy fourth birthday to the forum from the, the last couple of days. And also to say uh, thanks for continuing to take time out of your weekend to put these podcasts together, particularly now you're away from home a lot during the week. It is appreciated and uh, do enjoy them. Look forward to hearing this one. I'm sure I'll see you around. Cheers.
5: Thanks Mike for your comment. Uh, yeah, that's some interesting points and, and some things I hadn't really considered that much of. You're right about, uh, Julian and some of his background and made him a little more interesting at this point, definitely. And I was happy. One of the things I was really happy about that they could have kept this a secret. You know, they could have somehow tried to cover things up and had him have to live with this as a secret for, you know, say some period of time or episodes. But they didn't really do that. They kind of wrapped it up in a way. And and like you said, they get to uh, explore a little bit more with him and his abilities later on. I don't think they make a big deal out of it, actually, for most of the episodes that we get to see in the future. It just is sort of there, but uh, you do get a sense that he's been kind of hiding a little bit of his gifts, and and maybe, you know, like at the dart game at the end of the episode where he's been holding back a little bit rather than looking like this, you know, really super-enhanced human being. So thanks for your comments, Mike. Really appreciate it. We've got one more set uh, here from... To uh, to play for you, this is uh, Rick Moyer's comments and a little song about our good Dr. Bashir.
1: Hi, Rico. This is Rick Moyer from Aberdeen, Washington. Moyer seven 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 on the forums, and I do the Take Him With You podcast. Thank you for covering a DS9 episode all about Dr. Bashir. Dr. Julian, what can I say? I didn't like him at first, but as time went on throughout the series, he really grew on me, and I really liked how he grew as a character. So, it just it's a, this is a cool episode um, called Dr. Bashir, I presume. I like this episode for the fact that it has a lot of moral repercussions, and it talks about genetically enhancing and all these different things that come into play, and then, of course, all the personal relationship with his parents and so on and so forth, and just kind of a, a cool look into why Deep Space Nine was such a great series, because they approach different subjects and really went in depth on some things, and the character development really came out. So anyway, I wanted to play a song for you that I wrote. I actually took the song Secret Agent Man and turned it into Dr. Starfleet Man, and I think you'll really enjoy it. It touches on all the cool qualities of Bashir and uh, how Julian has uh, affected the whole Star Trek series, and I think you'll really enjoy it. This is called Dr. Starfleet Man on I was going to say I'm taking with you, but it's not on Treks in Sci-Fi. Thanks, Rico.
6: There's a man that works in sick pay full-time To everyone he's a doctor on Deep Space Nine With every dart he throws O'Brien sure to go. Odds are they'll be found on the hollow sweets of tomorrow. Doctor Starfleet Man, Doctor Starfleet Man, they've enhanced your genetics and named you Julian We know you have a crush. Jack, see ya. But later on, she marries Wolf, so see ya. I'll be careful of Garak, make sure he's got your back. Odds are that he's no civilian tailor. Dr. Starfleet Man, Dr. Your
4: genetics And leave you This will be perfect Real Frontier medicine I had my choice of any job in the fleet Did you? I didn't want some cushy job Or a research grant I wanted this The farthest reaches of the galaxy one of the most remote outposts available. This is where the adventure is. This is where heroes are made.
6: Dr. Starfleet Man Dr. Starfleet Man They've enhanced your genetics And named you a Playing racquetball on the station Always full of all sorts of information If someone gets real sick You get them healed real quick The fact is Cisco has the best physician Dr. Starfleet Man Dr. Starfleet Man They've enhanced your genetics And named you
5: great stuff rick and a great song i love that song i love the original uh secret agent man song uh, uh version of it and i love That one as well, Secret Agent Man, uh, our good Dr. Bashir. So thanks so much for your comments and all the songs. And everyone should be listening to Take Him With You and uh, Rick's uh, excellent podcast that he does each week. Uh, You know what, folks? I think I'm just going to wrap things up here. Uh, I I still have some collectibles I'd like to. I keep saying it. I feel like it's a broken record. I do want to cover some collectibles. And uh, maybe sometime next time I do the podcast scheduling, I'll I'll devote an episode, uh, a podcast to collectibles, maybe sometime around the holidays. Maybe that might be fun, especially with all the new things people will be getting and gadgets and, and cool stuff. So um, with that, I hope you enjoyed this uh, version and, and episode and podcast of Treks in Sci-Fi. Next week, again, will be the Skype call recorded on Saturday. I'd love it to, to have lots of you join me for that. Uh, and uh, just always check the main website, trexandsci-fi.com, for all the latest schedules and updates. Also, uh, thanks for some of the recent donations to the podcast. Those are always appreciated, always welcome. You can uh, find donation links on the main website as well, and uh, I think that's about it. Everyone have a great week, and I'll be heading back to my job uh, up uh, in the middle of Michigan tomorrow, and hopefully have some more news on that next week. Uh, That's it. Bye-bye, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye. Podcast is under Creative Commons License 3.0. Make sure to tell your friends and everyone about it and let everyone know that Treks in Sci-Fi is the geekiest rockinest podcast around.